Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast episode 93. I'm your host, Carson Tamar. And today, last week, we did the best animation feature catch up. Today, we're doing that for the international features, the films that will be nominated, the films on the shortlist that won't be nominated, the films that were submitted by the countries around the world, but didn't get picked by the Academy to be on the shortlist. We're talking about it all, and we're having a blast. But today, of course, I am joined by Alina Falds, by Paul Price. How is everyone doing this fine weekend day whenever anyone's watching this? I'm fine. Um, I've been <laughs> dealing with the the puppies a lot. Um, so that's just been like constant chaos. Um, my parents are out of town. So it's just my stepsister and I. And we've really gotten into a like, uh, you know, young parents scenario where it's like, oh, you deal with the children. But in an annoying uh, twist when she doesn't want to take care of the puppies um i do all three but when i don't want to take care of the puppies i still have to take care of arrow and usually Bo too my other one um so really she's just taking care of her own (laughs) um so it's just like it's gotten to be a thing where i'm just like i'm so over dogs even though i do like them also sundance sucks (laughs) i'm hoping that changes by the time this comes out because i'll have seen all the movies um, but I only have two left, and uh, it's, I'm I'm not thrilled right now so far. All the movies, at least you're not twenty films deep like I am. Yeah, but it's I paid. I have paid a hundred dollars to watch bad movies. This is fair. No, that is that is valid. I cannot <laughs> I cannot like, compare to you. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting there, and every time a movie like gets to like the fifteen minute mark, I'm like, God damn it! There goes another twenty dollars. I could have bought more beer to enjoy this more. Well, Alina, I don't think you're attending Sundance, so that's good for you at least this year, I guess. How are you doing outside of that? Well, based on like all my scrolling on Twitter and Letterboxd, I'm not even jealous that I'm not Sundancing this year because, you know, everything seems mid and that's sad. Like, even if you're not paying money for the movies, it sucks to like just waste your time watching stuff that's not good that you expect to be good because it's Sundance. Uh, I have had a pretty uneventful week like normal. I've just been chilling, waiting for the Ministry of Employment to approve my fucking salary so I can start my film festival job. So I'm just kind of like in a limbo period right now. But hey, hopefully the government gets their show on the fucking road. I will say peeling back the curtain, there was at one point a possible plan for us all to meet up and go to Sundance physically this year obviously that wouldn't have happened for other reasons but like I feel like it was a good festival to miss I'm not not too sad about not being there with y'all no offense so I was thinking about that actually like um imagining us going to all these and I would just like get more and more angry by the end of this I'd be <laughs> screaming <laughs> Well, let's get into the films. But before we talk about anything having to do with the Oscars, we do have a new release. What is that? This seems weird. It's January, but we have a new release. Paul, you're probably one, I feel like, with the strongest emotions on it. So why don't you introduce it and introduce your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, the movie's called A Taste of Hunger, and it's like one of my favorite movies in a while. And like, I've had a couple friends ask me, um, especially like other critics who like have it sitting in there. Um email queue and are like i i can watch it if i want why is it so good and i'm like i don't know i mean i do know it's rich hot people who are emotionally fucked and dealing with like very like upper class problems 
Um, so that like hits me right. But also I just like I found the cinematography and everything like I'm not usually one to talk about like how films are made, but I found it all really gorgeous. I wanted to like live in their world for huge swaths of it. Like the choices in terms of like production design and like even the houses and everything, all of it just felt so specific and so cool. Um, And also I, I like a movie with some good twists and I was not expecting this movie to have as many twists as it did. Um, You know, we can get into it a little bit. I don't want to do spoilers because no one's seen this yet, but there is like one or two scenes that I'm just like, I wish it'd gone differently, but overall, you know, I do that with most movies. Um, And I think with a rewatch, I would, you know, accept it a little bit more. But overall, yeah, I loved this movie. Um, It's Nikolai Coster Waldo Coaster. I always forget how to say his name. Um, Waldo. I should look it up. But anyway, he's great. (laughs) I really liked A Taste of Hunger as well, but I didn't love it as much as Paul did. Um, It's like about a, a Danish chef and his like wife who does like front of house stuff I guess or like management positions in like the restaurant they have um and then the wife is having an affair and like there's more twisty twists on top of that and I man this hits all the like check marks when it comes to like showing chefs on film like Nikolai has a chef's knife tattoo love that shit um (laughs) I don't know I feel like for me they're there was just like something about it that didn't hit right. And I think a lot of it has to do with like how the affair was handled and peace and love to whoever plays Frederick, but they needed a hotter actor to play Frederick because it is just unbelievable to me that Maggie would have an affair with somebody uglier than Nikolai Coster Waldo. What do you mean dog? What do you mean? He wasn't even a bad husband. He was just busy at the restaurant trying to like further his career. And you're having an affair with an ugly guy. Grow up. <laughs> I mean, that is fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a lot to get through today, so I'm not going to go too long on this. But, like, I was sad because I was not a big fan of this. To be fair, this is, like, middle of Sundance, so maybe that affected it. But, like, I really hated how this movie was shot. I thought the the cinematography was, like, bad porno level bad at times. Like, I thought it was abysmal. <laughs> genuinely. And, like, I love that you love it, Paul. I think the lighting was great. The lighting was excellent. But, like, the cinematography was horrendous and then you just get like this story with a lot of twists and turns but i thought it really lacked like a sensuality or like a romantic side of it like of cooking there's a lot of you know films that really make that essential experience there's love obviously there's affairs um but it just didn't hook me i was really bored by this one um so i'm peace and love happy y'all like it have paul you love it you know good for you you don't really find that often so i'm happy for you Um, But this was not for me. I was like, yep, I'm going to forget this instantly. And I cannot wait till Paul puts on his top of the year list. And I'm like, wait, what was that? So also fun fact. Did you guys know that like Michelin stars are the same as Michelin tires? Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) I think I learned that from like a random Gordon Ramsay show. Isn't that freaking wild? (laughs) That's my fun fact. That's hysterical. That's the extent I know of fine dining. Michelin's the one with like the big like white marshmallow. Yeah, the marshmallow guy. guy. I would love the idea of visual like him just walking into a restaurant and like (laughs) give like two stars, you know? That's Uh, what I like. 
you watched it at like what 11 and we're like i'm already over movies tonight <laughs> yeah it was like seventh movie of the day yeah yeah that's to be fair you know but also like Whatever. i do think uh you know and this will be a running theme uh if a movie is in a foreign language i you know <laughs> not to call, uh, steal your quote but like with peace and love to bong joon ho like it is a lot harder to like pay attention like I've noticed like a foreign language will either hit me completely and I am watching every second of it or I am dying. There is no in between, um, especially watching at home um, just because like there's so much going on, um, you know, and you have to keep going back because you like missed a line. And when you're, um, you know, even a dog barks or something. Um, but yeah, it's just wild. Well, let's go to a movie I did love very quickly. The Worst Person in the World. I did already talk about this on the podcast for their can review because I saw this at Cannes. Um, and it's great. I think this is like his masterpiece. He made Thelma, which I like, didn't love. But like, this is great. I think, Alina, you also like really appreciate this. It's a look at oh, this I haven't woman seen it. throughout her young adult lives. Yes, I, I think you will appreciate it when you see it. Oh. Paul, I feel like we'll hate this, but that's okay. Really? We'll hate most films. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, think you're gonna like this at all. That's so funny. No, I've been so excited about this movie. Um, it like I fucked up because I sent Carson um, a thing to get them to. Um, they were doing like a interview the cast, and I was like, "Oh, Carson, you should write them." And then I was like, "And I will immediately after ask for screeners." And then I never asked for screeners. Um, so I was like, where the fuck are our screeners? Because they they are also the ones, I believe, that gave us a taste of hunger and like a couple others. And I was like, this is weird that they're like skipped over one of them. No, it was me. It was totally me. I fucked up. Um, so <laughs> I just asked for it last night. So uh, I'll be getting it late. <laughs> well, follow your letterbox. Don't follow. Don't follow Paul. But like keep going to his letterbox account and just see what his thoughts are when he eventually sees it. Um, but this is about a young girl in her young adult life trying to find her own happiness and pissing everyone off as she does it. Like, she doesn't know why a relationship doesn't make her happy. So she'll just, like, break up with him, even though he doesn't obviously want it broken up. And, like, just various things like that. I'm describing this absolutely horribly because I saw this months ago. But, like, it is a really, really incredible film. And, like, it genuinely quite pisses me off. Not to get into Titan, Titan, whatever, but, like, if this film won the Palme d'Or, it would probably be winning Best International Feature, and it, like, so deserves it more than Teton. So, like, and Teton didn't even get on the shortlist, so it just really was a waste of a Palme d'Or win. So I'm frustrated by that, but worst person in the world, like, very close to five stars. On a rewatch, I think it will be a five stars for me. Um, absolutely adore it. If you want my more fresh opinions, go to our old Can episode, and I'll talk about it in more eloquent detail then. Um, let's go over to Alina. Hit us up with some of your films that you have seen. Uh, yeah, I saw a few international features when I was doing TIFF things. One of them was Uni, which I believe is from Indonesia. It's a female-directed film. Um, I watched it in, like, October. I think I watched it at the Vancouver International Film Festival, actually. Like, I missed it at TIFF, and then I made sure to, like, watch it the next month at Vancouver. Um, I don't remember, like, a ton of what it's about, because that was, like, in the blur of watching, like, 100 movies in one month. Christ. Um, but it was, like, a coming-of-age story, 
um, about like growing up in a village in Indonesia. And it was like, it was just like a really good film about like women's issues in like a developing country. I'm describing it terribly, but I watched it in October. But it is very good. It's on like people like it enough that it's like really, really high up on the letterbox top 100 female directed movies. So like if you want to fill out your stats, you should watch it. I don't know if it's like available wide yet. Um, but I just I really, really liked it from what I recall. Um and then another one I watched at TIFF, which I remember way more, is a German film called I'm Your Man. And I feel like I remember it way more because Dan Stevens is in it. And I love him. Um, Dan Stevens plays like this cyborg AI dude. I don't know. He's some robot. Um, and he's like programmed to like be a lover to this like random gal. And she doesn't really like him, even though like he's a robot like programmed for her, which is like weird. Um, But it's, like, really charming, and it's, like, a really cute exploration of, like, loneliness, and Dan Stevens is so fucking charming in it. I didn't know he spoke German, because he's just some British guy, and then I started, I just, like, assumed that I'm Your Man was a British film, and I pushed play, and it was in German, and I was like, what is happening? I had to pause, and I googled, Dan Stevens speaks German? He does. Um, And apparently they explain away his English accent in the movie by um, the girl who his robot was created for apparently has a thing for foreign men. So that's why he has an English German accent. But it's really, really cute. Like it's something like special. I'm actually surprised that like Germany picked it for its submission, but it's like it's adorable. Yeah. Yes, and continuing the trend of festival features, which I should say, most of these we've seen a while ago, so like, excuse us if we don't say it so eloquently. Um, but two I saw. First thought, Sundance last year was Hive, which I think is a really, really solid look at like women's issues. Um, I, this one got really buried during the festival and buried now, um, but I think it's really quite eloquent. It's like two hours long. It's definitely like a little bit longer. I'll give you that, but like, I think it's really important to see global perspectives of these issues because we get so into like our own bubbles of like, oh, what does a women's progress look like? What's the progress in women's society and women's how you know gender roles? And we don't really realize like the entire globe doesn't operate on the same like path as us. So I think that's really needed, um, even though this one's a little drawn out. And then you have compartment number six, which I want to say I saw at AFI Fest. I'm not a thousand percent sure there, but I'm going to go with it, um, which is about this woman who gets on this train traveling through Russia. Uh, there's this man who she has to share her like compartment with. That's the word. Yes, um, it's in the title. And they form a friendship and you slowly get to know about these characters, about certain things about them, uh, her sexuality. She kind of starts like saying she's uh, coming out to the guy and it's very, very sweet um, and it's very charming, very well made. Um, you know, I, I love the Polar Express as expressed last week. Um, so the idea of like a train going through the snow and everyone's like, it's warm inside the train. Like the aesthetic is very work working for me. Um, I wish just more people saw this film because I think it's like really beautiful. One of the best films of the year. Um, and again, and just due to release, it's kind of just been buried, um, which is quite sad because it's really good. Um, Paul, I'm sure you're going to love the rest of the films to talk about today. So what's the next film for you to talk about? So The Hand of God is uh, uh, Paolo's, Paolo Sorrentino uh, movie about his childhood. And uh, The Hand of God refers to this like very controversial goal um, 
during a Spanish um, soccer game and whether or not he used his hand. And he said, I didn't use my hand. It was the hand of God. He later admitted that he did use his hand, but he deserved it. Um, I forgot his reasoning for it, but it was very funny. He uh, like revealed it like 17 years later. He was like, eh, you know, but we, we, we should have won anyway, so it's fine. Um, but <laughs> the reasoning uh, was that four years before that football game, which was Argentina versus England, England and Argentina were in a really big like colonial war over the Malvinas Islands, which are known as the Falkland Islands. Um, and so like England beat Argentina and Argentina was very upset about that. So Diego Maradona said that it was like an anti-colonial um, gesture by cheating in a match against England because fuck them colonizers. That's what it was. But anyway, um, <laughs> so it's basically just his childhood and the things he dealt with, the plot kind of just moves from scene to scene to scene. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Netflix bought this. It doesn't really feel like one. Well, I guess they did buy Roma, uh, which is the same thing. Um, but overall, yeah, it was just a movie that I watched. I liked a couple scenes. There's a weird um, age gap sex scene um, <laughs> that I was not expecting at all. Um, and it truly made me gasp. But um, other than that, yeah, it's just it felt very bland to me. Um, you know, it is one of those that's just like I kind of knew what I was getting into when I started it and it didn't surprise me at all. Um, Alina, what did you think? I liked it more than you, I think, but I could also feel myself getting restless with the film. Um, since like we were told that this is like semi-autobiographical I was expecting more of like pain and glory which I fucking loved um and then this is kind of just like random Italians being random Italians as a family and I was like okay um I think it was neat how they like incorporated Diego Maradona into the story um I don't know I feel like I liked a lot of the scenes in it separately but I just didn't like everything together um, like, there's a part in the beginning where there's, like, some old guy who talks with a, like, weird, like, vocal gadget that makes his voice sound like robot -y. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's, like, a thing that you hold to your neck and it, like, makes you talk. Um, there's this, like, one aunt and she's, like, tired of this guy talking with his, like, little robot voice. So she takes the gadget and throws the batteries into the sea. And then she just starts sunbathing, like, titties out on a boat in the Mediterranean Sea. And I was, like, good for you, queen. And then later, like, halfway through the movie is when you, like, see the Maradona uh, Hand of God goal. And there's, like, an Italian grandpa. And he's, like, oh, my God, that was iconic. That was, like, an anti-colonial gesture. And he was just, like, crying over this football goal. And I loved that. And there was, like, a few other scenes that I just thought were, like, really fun. But, oh, my God, this is so freaking long. I feel like this was, like, a type of movie that I would have liked a lot better if I wasn't, like, distracted at home and, like, was watching it in a theater where you're, like, forced to pay attention. But, I don't know. It's very, very pretty. Like, I liked it enough that I want to see, like, some of Sorrentino's other work. Like, I've heard The Great Beauty is very good, and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, I don't know. Like, it's fine, but I don't think it's anything, like, super, super special. Yeah, this is one I've just been, due to the length, like, waiting 
for a good time to watch. Because, like, every time I start it, I get, like, five minutes in, and I'm like, no, I'm not really in the mood for this slow thing. Like, you know how much I love my Italian? Mm-hmm. Shout out Luca fam. But, like, not <laughs> necessarily. Like, it's just one that I just have not found the right mood for, but I want to watch under the right mood, so I'm just waiting. One day I will, though. If it gets an Oscar nom, at least before the Oscars, you know? Yeah, yeah. also... Um, you know, as a caveat, we did like binge a bunch of these for this episode and like, you know, you save uh, foreign language for when you feel like the right moment. Um, so I'm trying to like think of that in, you know, overall my reviews of some of these, because um, I definitely was just like, all right, I have to watch blank. Um, but yeah, I just I felt like there was just uh, a little bit missing. Um, and by the end, I was like, oh, I guess we're at the end. I didn't feel like I went on a full journey, I guess. Well, that might be a good transition to go into Memoria, because that's pretty much how I felt about Memoria. Um, I watched this film. I went to it on October 30th for my local film festival. It played without any subtitles, and it kept flashing to a black screen every like two minutes. And then we got like an hour in and I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening because I don't speak this language. And then they just stopped the screening and they're like, okay, just come back tomorrow. Like, I'm, you know, it's Halloween. I'm, you know, you might be busy, but like, just come back if you want to see this movie that is never going to go on VOD. You're never going to get a chance to see it other than the one week it comes to your theater. And so I was like, fuck. Okay, I'm going to go back. And it was fine. Uh, Tilda Swinton's good. I like the sound design. Other than that, it's pretty boring. Um, but like the first two thirds is building, building, building. And then it goes to this third act that just leaves you like, what? It, like, it, it's so wild how it goes from so vague to being so clear. And then what they choose for that final third act is just not at all like something you could even like predict or expect. Um, I really was like... In the moment, I was like, you know what? Maybe this is good. And then the more space I get between it, I'm just like, yeah, maybe it was shit. Maybe I just don't like Memoria. And I think that's kind of where I'm at now. I haven't seen his other works, but I've heard they're pretty similar. So I assume I'm just not like a fan of his. So uh, not a huge fan of Memoria. I'm a pretty big fan, though, of Do Not Hesitate. This wasn't on the short list, so I'll just go very quickly. It's about this young boy with these soldiers. Um, the soldiers end up getting into like the situation where they're being attacked, and they don't know if this boy... They killed the boy's goat, so the boy is like, pestering them, like, I need more money for my goat. You just killed my goat. What am I supposed to do? Um, they end up getting attacked, and they don't know if the boy is working for the other side or not. Um, pretty tense. Pretty well-built. I have a full review on Clapper for it. Um, not like a masterpiece or anything, but like definitely one of the more enjoyable um, for international features from the past year, I would say. Um, Paul, I think you really loved, hopefully, the next one you're talking about. Why don't you get into that? Because I was speaking of enjoyable. <laughs> so 2022 is the year of self-care. And if I don't enjoy a movie, I'm turning it off and I'm DNFing it. Um, and... I'm sorry this movie was so fucking long. Drive My Car is so goddamn boring. Um, I I did finish it, but I started skipping. Um, so, like, I know what happens. Um, you know, I wrote one of my friends. They're like, maybe you didn't get to the end and it didn't. Uh, no. No. Fuck this movie. This is, like, one of those movies that, like, I think people are so bored they decide they're having a transcendent experience um <laughs> like 
I cannot understand it at all. There were scenes that I was like, how is this still going? Civilizations have risen and fallen in the time that this man is still talking in this fucking car. Um, yeah, no, I, I cannot stand this film. Um, I don't get it. Like, all, a lot of times allow people to like, oh, this movie wasn't for me. But like this one, no, uh, I, I don't get it. It felt the same kind of like anger for me as, um, you know, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but uh, the lighthouse, the same, like, I don't understand this. Please don't act like it's good. And I think this is just like the film Twitter, like echo chamber where a movie's built up so much that I go and watch it. And it's like, I probably wouldn't have vitriol against this movie, but the fact that it's winning like best picture in a year where I think there are a lot of good best pictures. Um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I am glad though. Um, I don't think I can say that. <laughs> Will we have listed the Clapper Awards by now? Um, the nominations for sure. Yeah, not okay. Yeah, yeah. um, I'm so glad that it didn't get in there at all. I was expecting it to be in there when Carson sent the list last night, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be so annoyed that this movie." No, it didn't, because you know what? Clapper well, I don't think taste. it's gotten like a proper release yet like i haven't seen it um i could have seen it at tiff and then i saw it was 179 minutes and i was like i'm not doing that to myself during tiff like i probably should have watched it but i didn't want to because isn't it you literally just, just left some... tiff <laughs> yeah i'm just fucking you saying, just gone back home. To ontario i'm not doing this i will like, drive my car back home add in a car for three hours right <laughs> No, no, it's good. It's really good. It's, anyway. it's like, it's, uh, it's awful. It is so bad. Um, no, the it's plot not. It's too long. You but cannot, it's not you cannot list what the plot of the movie is about. Because not when you skip all of it, I agree. No, no, but you can't list what the plot of the movie is about because the movie doesn't even start for 40 minutes. Yes, agreed. It's too long. <laughs> no one's arguing <laughs> like, that this shouldn't be too hours. be an hour 30, actually. I was like... I knew what the plot was, and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, when is this bitch gonna die? <laughs> she does not die for 40 minutes. Oh, you can cut that if it's a spoiler. But no, my it's god, spoiler. it's not a spoiler because that's what literally it says. Like after the death of his wife, and it's like I'm waiting. Is she alive for the first 40 minutes? Yes. Yes. Wild. It doesn't start for about 40 minutes. I'll give you that. <laughs> if you're running late to your screening, just keep going. You're yeah, fine. You're fine. <laughs> and then go see something else. <laughs> Look, the dialogue I think is fantastic in this. I like the acting. I think the cinematography is great. I really do like the film. It just really should have been an hour shorter. Like, I no no arguments there. An hour? Need... That's still a two-hour yeah, movie. Well, for... an hour and a half. I'm going to be nice because film Twitter really likes this, and I don't really want to get canceled today. But um, I'm I'm ready to get canceled. Let's cancel me. About me. That place is a hellscape. I'm so tired of having discourse every single day about how long movies should be. Shut up. No one cares about your opinions. <laughs> tired. I'm so tired. With that said, what a great time to follow us on Twitter at Clapper Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't already. Speaking of which, I'm very excited about the overlog Batman that I wasn't excited about to begin with. Um, oh, God, don't say that. Three hours. <laughs> I thought we were going to leave that until I was like, oh, that's a weird quirky thing about 2021. Every movie was three hours long. We're still doing it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I am curious, Carson. Um, what do you like about this movie? Like you said, dialogue, acting, the but, screenplay. Like, all... It's just good. Like, okay, yes, it has a ton of filler, and it takes so much time getting to every scene. No com- arguments there. But like, I think once it gets to that scene, once it gets to those scenes where it's exploring love, it's exploring all these inner emotions of this guy as he's going through the fucking turmoil that he goes through. I think it really works. Like, I think it's really worthwhile in those moments. It just takes forever to get there. I can't argue against that. I mean, I think this has one of the best like screenplays when it comes to dialogue specifically of the year. I like I love this. The dialogue. That's fair. I mean, like, yeah, I just I don't like that. It's so long. I don't like that. It's boring. I don't like that. It takes so much time. But like there are aspects that I was like, this is fine. As I was skimming through the last quarter of the movie, I was like, yep. And also remember, I I did not finish. So like my review does not matter. I should probably shut up, but no, no, I think it's worthwhile. It's a viewing experience. So like it should be a good viewing. I gave a bad it a viewing experience. That is bad. Although also like, I think the film number you, well, you watched it at home, right? You didn't go. Oh, yeah. You skipped it. Yeah. So I watched it at home. That's definitely helpful. Cause you can like take a break. I cannot imagine doing it in the theater. This also comes in the year where everything was three hours long. And like compared to Eternals, this feels incredibly short, I thought, compared to some of those other films that were similar lengths. If that makes sense, like in comparison and retrospective, it just felt better runtime wise than I think a lot of other films that year did. I would watch Eternals twice over watching this. You're psychotic. But you know what? At least we made you a (laughs) Chloe Zhao fan. We did it, guys. I would watch I would watch Nomadland twice in a row back to back. Not moving. Okay. Oh, watch this one more time. We can do this. We can stream it. Don't worry. We'll plan it. <laughs> and before we go any further, let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode. And my friends, that is the Star Draft. Hollywood's award season is right around the corner, and that means another season of Star Draft is upon us. Star Draft turns Hollywood's award season into fantasy football. You draft actors and musicians, they win accolades throughout the award season, and your team earns points. This year, the Star Draft is hoping to sign up their thousandth user, and if they do, they're going to give away $1,000 in cash prizes. So join a league today and spread the word. Even we at Clappercast have a league that you can join on the site's public leagues page. So sign up today, battle it out with me, Alina, and Paul. Just look up Clappercast on the website, and that is at thestardraft.com. Once again, thestardraft.com. And may the anoms be ever in your favor. Well, Alina, I know you didn't get to see Drive My Car, but I know you got to see a couple other films that I don't think anyone else here saw. So why don't you share those? Yeah, these next two. Uh, I saw one at TIFF and another one got sent to me, which I appreciate, but they are both pretty boring. I'm sorry. One of them was from Lebanon. It was called Costa Brava Lebanon. I watched that one during TIFF. Whenever I do film festivals, I always try and like prioritize like Middle Eastern and like South Asian films because I am Muslim and vaguely South Asian. So I gravitate towards that area of world cinema. And I was kind of pissed off at this one wasting my time. I expected more from Lebanon because I feel like I like a lot of other Lebanese films. But this is just about like a family who lives in a little Lebanese village and there's like the looming threat of the climate crisis and then that's it they're just chilling in some village in Lebanon and 
I thought with like the synopsis of their facing like a climate catastrophe that there would be like higher stakes, but it's literally just some people chilling in a Lebanese village. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, I feel like maybe I would have liked it better if it was like the synopsis was a bit different. But like when you're saying climate crisis, why are you guys just chilling? I mean, I guess that's what the world's like anyway, right? No one cares. <laughs> so you know what? Maybe Coast to Bravo Lebanon was onto something very accurate to real life. Um, the other one I watched was called Private Desert. That one was from Brazil. And uh, I thought it was kind of boring, tragically. Um, it's about a Brazilian dude who has like an online relationship with a girl and the girl is trans. And then she like disappears, I think. Like she goes to him and then he goes to find her. Can't remember anything about it other than that. I was like, that's cool that West there's Elm like Caleb. a clear story. What? I said it's just West Elm oh. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like West Elm Caleb is more of a riveting story than Private Desert, unfortunately. <laughs> it's disappointing. I actually was excited about that one. I know. It's cool to see like a queer story from like I don't know. I guess like Brazil is like technically the global south, but it's a lot more like developed than other countries. But like it's it's not like something that you'd expect like a queer story to be in, if that makes sense. I don't really know what the gay issues are like in Brazil, honestly. So maybe I'm an idiot. But like compared to the rest of South America, I have no idea. I'm gonna stop talking. But, but we love you, Brazil sad. and Brazilian <laughs> listeners. Please keep listening. Just take it. We love you. you. Picked a different entry. Y'all should have picked yeah. a different entry. <laughs> or like peace and love. make the movie a bit more interesting we love Brazil <laughs> we, we, we stand Brazil on this podcast let's be clear this is, <laughs> this is a very good episode where all we keep saying is <laughs> these foreign movies are boring <laughs> that's true and listen the next international movie that I'm talking about slaps so you know what maybe international features should be slightly less boring Um. so the one international feature that i watched that slaps so fucking hard is ashgar farhadi's i think that's how you say his name i'm sorry i'm not iranian or persian um it's called a hero i watched this at tiff and then i watched it again this afternoon because it dropped on amazon prime so you have literally no excuse it's on amazon prime not even to rent it's free chilling there on amazon prime it's like two hours and ten minutes it is worth every second. It doesn't like feel overlong at all. It's about this guy named Raheem and he's in prison because he has like a debt of a lot of money. And that's fucked. In Iran, if you have a lot of debt, they put you in jail. What the hell? That's like bleak and fucked up to me. But like this dude's in prison. Um, but like the nice thing is Sometimes he gets leave and he can just leave the prison for two days for some reason. I don't understand how the prison system works in Iran. Whatever. Um, he has a secret girlfriend. She's very pretty. And this girlfriend finds like a purse at a bus stop that has a bunch of gold coins in it. And she's like, hey, Raheem, you can take these gold coins and sell them and put them on your debt so you can get out of prison. <sighs> and then he's like, yeah, I should do that. And then he has like second thoughts. And he decides to, like, return the purse uh, and the gold coins to, like, a woman. And, like, it's implied that the woman is, like, in an abusive relationship with her husband. And she wants the gold coins. So she has, like, money to leave said abusive relationship. And she just, like, disappears. And then, like, there's, like, a prison and a charity. 
and like the media and all these people like start getting involved in Raheem's story because they're like, oh my God, this guy was in prison for like debt and he could have taken these coins, but he didn't. So he's really, he's a really good person. Um, and then he's like promised a job and then the people who are offering him a job are like, wait a minute, this guy's story like isn't adding up. Like what's going on? Find the woman. Um, and so like, it just is like crisis amongst like crisis. Like that's just like surmounted on this like poor guy Raheem. I don't know if I explained that well, but it's a very, very simple story that gets like more and more and more complex as the film continues. Um, and I thought it was just like a really cool exploration of like morality because it's like everyone's acting like he's a good person. I'm like, are you a good person? Cause like you did the right thing, or is that just like what you should do naturally? I don't know. I thought it was like it was just really cool. And I really liked it on the second watch also. I think it like holds up. Um, and yeah, I really want to watch like more of Farhadi's films. Uh, apparently he's won two other Best International Oscars. So like it would be really cool if he like three peats. But I think with how well Drive My Car is doing, he probably won't, which is sad. But A Hero is way better and I haven't even seen Drive My Car. And then I know it in my heart. I like we've had three reviews for Drive My Car and one person who's seen it. <laughs> I I saw it. Okay, okay, okay. Alina did just review I'm a just movie saying, she has not seen. Listen, I know for a fact that I will not like Drive My Car. I know it's going to be boring. Some guy being I'm sad s- in a car for three hours? Fuck off. <laughs> also, <laughs> Uncle Vanya is involved. <laughs> But no, A Hero is so good, and I'm really mad you guys haven't watched it yet, because I loved it. It was in, like, one of my top ten last year. Um, It's actually because I went to go watch A Hero first, and then if you type in A Hero on Netflix, it goes, would you like to watch The Hand of God? And I was like, ugh, that is one of the ones I have to watch, so. <laughs> it's on, well, it's not on Netflix. Not Netflix. <laughs> I know, but I didn't know that. I just assumed they both were. Um, I no, think it's actually, it's if I'm going to, you know, admit to being an idiot real quick. I think it's because in the poster for a hero, it has like a little red box or something. So I just thought that was the Netflix logo when I was like visualizing it. No, it's just red type, which I assumed was Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) That's valid. Honestly, I would do the same thing. Like I was like, I remembered being. Go ahead. The guy who plays the main character, the actor's name is Amir Jadidi. I think is how you say it. He is so fucking good. And he is not getting nearly enough recognition for his acting in this movie. And it's probably because it's not an English language performance. And that's worse shit. Because he is fantastic. Look, it's not my fault that it came out the same weekend as Sundance. And when I emailed about a screener, I just didn't get a response. So Amazon, I don't feel bad for <laughs> anything with your film. Go to hell. Not Just kidding, Amazon. Thank you for sending us Cinderella. We love you. But like, a hero would have preferred would have preferred a hero. Uh, I'm going to plow through my last four quickly because we changed the order up. So I have four, but I'm just going to go through them very quick. Zero to Hero is a horrible Netflix film. It's bad. <laughs> it's, it's shit. It is absolute garbage. <laughs> It is about, I'll just give you one scene from it. It's about this, it's a true story, I think. It's a Chinese film about this um, disabled runner who goes to the Olympics. Uh, He can't walk as a kid, so his mom puts him on a conveyor belt going towards a thing of fire to try to force him to walk. It's bad. It's like horribly made. What? Um, It's psychotic, but it's not like fun psychotic. It's just bad. (laughs) It's a horrible film. Um, Tigers has a really good performance. It's about this kid who's like going to go play football or like, well, soccer, but you know football you europeans um 
and he gets overwhelmed and he's sad and it's good. It's a it's a good film. He's really good in it. Uh, one country's that one. Uh, I don't know. Something European. I really don't know. Sorry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next one I saw AFI Fest 2020. Going back a bit, should the wind drop? Uh, I, I really appreciated this one actually. Um, it's about this cunt. I don't know what country. I really apologize. It was been over a year. <laughs> it's about this cunt. No, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a small country trying to open an airport. They built this airport and they're like, no, it's too close to the board. Like you can't fly out. Like you should have thought about this ahead of time. And they're trying to convince the inspector just to let them open the airport. But, and I was like, okay, this is like really weird stakes. It's not good. But then it becomes like this bigger deal about like, no, the country's identity. Like we went through wars, people died. Like this opens us, opens the door to tourism and just connections to other countries. And it becomes this really interesting, like meditation on like, what is the soul of a country that I really appreciated over time. It's really grown on me. And then the last one, Paul, you watched it. I don't know if you remember watching it. It's called The Intruder. I remember nothing about oh. this other than I liked it and you hated it. So if you remember anything even about the plot, go ahead I do, and okay. fire it off. You know what I, I do remember? Um, I remember that um, this movie, I feel like started the trend. It didn't start, but like it's the first one I noticed where um, credits happen way too late. Like the title credit happens way too late in the movie. Um, it happened in Drive My Car. It happened in Fresh and it happened in this. And I remember I was like, what the fuck are you doing? This movie is like 90 minutes long and they drop the title 40 minutes in. Um, and it's like, it makes sense kind of, but it's not even like, you know, it's called the intruder. And so you assume that's when the stuff starts. No, it's just like, okay. And here we'll drop the title. Um, yeah, no, I just remember it being very boring. Um, it's about like I, sound, isn't it? Like, yeah, hear some sounds and it's like creeps her out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I will tell you that the poster design is gorgeous. Um, go look at the poster. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I'll say. And overall, um, poster design is uh, really important. And I think that I like judge movies a little bit based on their poster design. I'll say like even a taste of hunger. Um, currently on Letterboxd, it has this like horrible poster when right? the other poster is like one of the greatest posters maybe ever. It's amazing. The, po it's the, so the posters good. are not used. So yeah. <laughs> and I do not yeah. understand Letterbox, it. grow up and change it. Come yeah. on. Thank God they switched the Tammy Faye one back. There's like two Tammy Faye posters. One that I think is gorgeous. And then another that I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking poster and doesn't make any sense for the movie. Um, it And, you know, they finally switched it back. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Posters are important. Um, but I, I still remember the Intruder poster, like, strongly. I could probably draw it out for you, but I do not remember the movie. Well, if anyone wants to see a good poster, go ahead and type in Art Kabuki, which got included in a list someone made of great posters. And that's a poster I made incredibly quickly before a festival because I was just I was adding a poster. I was like, let me just add the title. So I created it and it got added to a list of great poster designs. So not to brag. You but. literally can't look it up, but that's cool for you. <laughs> look it up. Art Kabuki on Letterboxd. No, it's, I, it's oh, so on Letterboxd. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. looking at Google. <laughs> it's like this. Yeah. So it's not it's like I made it in like two minutes, but it got included in that list. So, you know, that made me feel very proud. Hire me every movie company. I'll make it for you. Is that papyrus? What are you using in that? Font? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't remember. But something. <laughs>
<laughs> I, mean, I love it. It's great. <laughs> Someone did. Shout out to let me find. Hold on. Let me shout out Azure Nautilus for putting it in that favorite posters. <laughs> Real proud of you. Whoever owns that film. I know it's never going to release probably, but I, I, you should pay me, I think, because I think I'm getting you stuff. Paul, what did, why did you just look up in disgust? I didn't look at you in disgust. I was about to say that it's Sundance is so weird because um, this year it seems like all these movies are actually coming out. But um, there's like movies that I watched at Sundance last year that still aren't out. And it's such a weird thing to be like. So when you said that, I just thought about that again. Where is eight for silver? Just. Yeah. That's actually specifically what I was talking about. Um, And our hashtag J, which I was (laughs) so certain would be on Netflix by now um and livid it's not you um, really hyped it up so much that like i'm just desperate to see it at this point. <laughs> literally i i don't even know if it's as funny as i remember i just remember like losing my shit um yeah man i miss i miss good sundance yeah it's crazy that we had the ma- like the we had mass already we had like I, some really good films i yeah, I like went and looked at my list from last year and I was like, even the movies I didn't like, I still like enjoyed comparatively. Yeah. Like I should go back and like rate them better. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> R hashtag J. You were at least enjoyable. Four stars above <laughs> yeah. <my> car. <laughs> no, I did not rate. By the way, I did not rate drive my car on letterboxd i know people like um were probably curious about that because um i find people who did did not finish movies and then rate them to be abhorrent but uh i don't do that i just left it blank and gave my <laughs> review i just went on a podcast to slander it publicly <laughs> i mean listen <laughs> no i mean like That's i'm saying i don't want to change yeah, I was about to say I didn't change my thing, but it's not like I'm suddenly like, oh, this movie is like fine. No, it's bad and boring. But and also no one's going to remember this movie. Stop acting like it's like, you know, oh, yes, it, yes, it, people will. No, this is the won't. one that film Twitter is like going to obsess about for like years to come. I, I don't see it because I don't see people outside of film Twitter watching it. And the thing is, film Twitter people need new film Twitter people and fair. no one's going to watch three hours movie. That's fair. Well, that's going to be it for the reviews. Boy, we covered a lot of things. Let's get into our predictions for the awards for the category. Paul, what five are getting in? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm I don't go look. At- I don't think that's an uh, option on the list. <laughs> actually, um, I know I need to go look at the list. Um you go first. Well, one second. I'm, I would, I'm trying I would to lamb. find the list. I would like yeah, no, Lamb uh, to get in. I would love for Lamb to get in. And not just because I love Lamb, but also like put some weird shit. You know, everyone's like, yeah. Titan, it was so weird. Like, cool. Yeah, but also Lamb's there and is also weird. Yeah. And I mean, better. it's better than Titan. I'll give you that. Titan. Mm-hmm. Titan. Lamb is super, like way better. I still have not seen Titan. Um, I really need to. It's like my embar- it's like my embarrassment of the year is like that I haven't watched it because I'm a big scaredy baby while also hosting the horror movie section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see Yak in the Classroom and Playground. Those are the two I really want to see. I have not seen Yeah, yet. I really want to see the Yak one also. Okay, I think it's going to be the worst person in the world, Drive My Car, A Hero, 
I would love it to be lamb. Probably won't be, though. Um, I don't know what else. None of the other ones, like, really stick out to me, like, that hard. But then again, I haven't seen a ton of international feature because I live in the middle of nowhere. And it is a pain in the ass to find international feature films. I have Flea, A Hero, Hand of God, oh, Drive God, My Car. Cool. Worst person in the world. I could see compartment number six overtaking one of them. Hmm. But I feel like those are the main five that are kind of big. I will say I like how there's not like a clear winner. Obviously, Drive My Car, I think, is kind of being the front runner. But like compared to like a parasite or compared to another round, um, it feels like this year it could be multiple. So that's at least pretty nice. That is nice. Paul? Yeah, I will be interested actually talking about Flea. Um, I will be interested to see how it does with multiple like films like your multiple areas it could go into there's like three um it would be the first ever to get all three yeah Uh, i don't think it gets all three but um i if it does i don't think it wins any because i think the votes will be so split which one do you think it misses most likely maybe animation um because like the animation isn't particularly like strong and i feel like if people are voting but I don't know, you know, the voting bodies are so weird on those things. It could get in all three, um, but then it's open to the general. So, you know, um, I think it will really struggle because everyone isn't concise on which one it should win. Um, but yeah, so I think I think it's going to be like drive my car, flee, probably a hero, worst person in the world. Um, I did not realize I'm your man was um, an option. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm your man. Probably over Hand of God, um, and I'm thinking that more fun than Hand of, of God. Yeah, also like just Dan Stevens, um, you know, is like right. well liked. So like, you know, I I know that people sometimes vote without actually having watched the movies, and just seeing like his name probably will like. I mean, I literally up. only watched it because he was in it. Literally, the only reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I almost I almost went to uh, like a screening here where he was at. Um, but I couldn't get any of my friends to go. It was really disappointing. You should have gone by yourself. I know. <laughs> well, that, let us know your predictions, emailing us at clabbercast at gmail.com. Let's end this off with our recommendations for the week. Um, I will start us off because I'm going very deep cut here. I don't know if anyone's heard of this. I'm going to recommend The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, but not because of the film itself, but because the experience of AMC, if anyone in the States doesn't know, every month are hosting surprise horror films. You don't know what it is. You pay $5 if you're not an A-lister. It's free if you're an A-lister, if you use your ticket. Um, and you get to go see a horror film and you don't know what it is. I did it for the first time this month. It was uh, The Thing really good film but just like i think that's very fun i know people in europe get it like all the time but i like surprise screenings i like seeing older films on the big screen um so i appreciate amc for doing that and if you want to just go watch a horror movie i think it's a very fun option to get out of the house if it's safe for you and everything and no one was in the theater i saw it alone so that was quite nice so i would recommend that experience and maybe you'll get a film as good as the thing alina what's your recommendation this week Uh, My recommendation is a film called Definition, Please. I watched it for the first time in like August of 2020. And it's really special to me because this was the first movie that I ever like got an email saying, hey, 
can you review this film? Like, that was really exciting for me. The director emailed me personally. It's her debut feature. Her name's Sujata Day. She's done a bunch of, she was on like Insecure with like Issa, Issa Rae. Um, so yeah, this is her debut feature. She like wrote, directed, and produced it herself. It's about um, uh, a young Indian American woman. She won the like Scripps National Spelling Bee when she was like a child. And now she's kind of just like, coasting through life and like living at her mom's house like she hasn't like realized her full potential and as a little brown kid who has not yet realized her full potential deeply relatable film um and then she has a brother and her brother has bipolar disorder so they have like a conflictive relationship um their like father has just passed away and their mom has like uh it's not cancer but it's like some like life-threatening disease so they have like a lot of like things going on um and I just really 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 liked it like I guess it can be seen as like a simple film that like we've seen before but I don't really care about that when it's like Indian Americans or something like that like it's just really fun to see yourself on screen and see your family on screen your aunts and uncles and your cousins um and that's what this film was for me um, so I really loved it. It was really special to me, and you guys should watch it because it's finally on Netflix, like two years later, a year and a half later. It got like distribution from Ava DuVernay's um production company, I think. So it's on Netflix, oh, right. you have no excuse. Yeah. yeah. Best distributor, or one of my favorite distributors, I guess I'll say working because they always hit like do great films, and it's on Netflix, so everyone can watch it. So mm-hmm. that's good. They, they also picked up Donkey Head, which is a Canadian film that's also directed by a South Asian woman, but it's only on U.S. Netflix. It's not on Canadian Netflix, I guess, because it's a Canadian film. And that pisses me off because I really, really want to watch it. So you guys should watch it and tell me what you think. Or I need to get my fucking VPN to work. <laughs> we'll circle back around on that in a future date. Paul, what's your recommendation yeah. this week? Uh, I'm going to choose a French film called rust and bone i thought we were doing foreign language films as our recommendations um <laughs> i just assumed that that was the i i thought it was so that's what i'm going with um no, anyway, not for you good for you i mean it fits i more i love rust and bone but also it's kind of the same vibe as uh a taste of hunger for me in that like you know it's a couple then they're dealing with issues and you know it's shot really well it's pretty carson um and it also has one of my favorite shots maybe ever um but it's basically about uh marion cotillard is a uh orca whale trainer at a aquarium and there's an accident and the orca bites off her legs and it's her dealing with the aftermath of that and it is wild it is like one of the darkest movies i've ever seen um you guys would love it actually i'm pretty sure you would like be obsessed with it um i remember watching it and i was like oh she's gonna win the oscar she did not win the oscar it was wild that she wasn't even nominated it is so good but there's a shot with her talking to the orca and like having a moment with it after and it is so good oh <laughs> such a great film um yeah definitely check that out and check out a taste of hunger those are my two. <laughs> As someone who recently, for a, a variety of reasons, became an annual pass holder for SeaWorld, uh, I'm definitely going to enjoy that one, I'm sure. <laughs> um, 
you have a pass cool. for SeaWorld person, you're canceled. No, my friends did it. And it was only $10 a month. So I was like, well, I'm not going to just like sit at home and be depressed while they go see Sham or dolphins or whatever. So, okay. <laughs> A I don't even look at Shamu though. I don't even look <laughs> listen, at Shamu. Don't worry. Listen, I like listen, it's listen, for the sharks. Listen, this is a funny tidbit. Um, like one year, my my family and I like did a Florida, a Florida road trip to Universal Studios, and the next year we did it again. And I thought we were going to Universal Studios again. Wrong. We were going to SeaWorld the second year. I was fucking pissed because it was the year Blackfish came out. So we went to SeaWorld and then we went to like back to the hotel room and I made my family watch Blackfish and they were really pissed that I ruined the vacation. I was like, shouldn't have gone to SeaWorld, fuckers. Oh, we pl- or we're going to plan a day where we watch Blackfish and then go. Just like, I don't see what that does to the experience. That's bleak. That's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna cut that I'm really like I can't tell anyone I feel like because I'm gonna get cancelled but that's okay <laughs> yeah I would not tell people that honestly no <laughs> <laughs> I, I look I voted for the zoo I said we should go to the zoo which I think is mildly better and they said no yeah SeaWorld, I feel like so. zoos are, are marginally better than SeaWorld you know what? whatever just don't tell anyone we're still friends I go to SeaWorld <laughs> Like, if you no. go to San Diego, we should go. I have a yeah, we should go as a group trip to SeaWorld. I am <laughs> get, like two free guest passes a year. I'm so morally fucked up to go to SeaWorld. I would never do that. <laughs> I mean, sure. Though? Yes, but. <laughs> we don't have to so tell anyone. regular whale watching. Regular whale watching is a I get seasick. Experience. So I went and I got, th- I threw up the entire time in the bathroom for three hours. Did you see whales? I got, no, I was throwing up in the toilet. That's tragic. You know what? <laughs> you don't deserve to see them. <laughs> Sorry, but I can you... just go to Shamu Stadium and just sit there. Yeah, and watch there them. you go. <laughs> but no, oh my god. Uh, like SeaWorld is fucked. Marineland is worse though. Marine Marineland is the one in Canada. You guys should watch. Um, there's a documentary that came out through like Hot Docs a couple years ago called "The Walrus and the Whistleblower," and it's about like how the walruses are kept at Marineland. It is fucked and like the guy who's like an it. It it's, it's really cool i really liked that doc. it's on prime it's really i think cool. if you want to watch it Paul. oh really i watched yeah. it i don't, uh, I, don't I don't watch animal uh oh. abuse documentaries because the thing is here's what it's going to stick with me yeah and i won't do anything about it so <laughs> i mean Listen, like, no if I'm honest, you to ever go to Marine Land, so you're fine. Yeah, but also, like, something. that's the recommendation <laughs> for next week. Depends on that. In. Oh, yeah, good idea. Uh, I assume we're leaving all of this in. <laughs> yeah, this is our. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, let's find where we can find everyone on social media. Paul, where can we find you? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Don't cancel me. God, if only drive my car move that fast. Alina? I am at Alina Falls on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can cancel me if you want to. I don't care. Okay, <laughs> please don't cancel any of the hosts. That'd be bad for our PR team. Uh, you can find no, me on Twitter at BP underscore. <laughs> oh, actually, true. Fair. Yeah, cancel us all. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterboxd, Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.